0: Praise the Lord. Well, man, we're so excited to have our friends, uh, Mark and Victoria, bowling with us today. Um, met Mark whenever I had just started my our itinerant ministry back in like 2008, eight, nine, somewhere around in there. Can't remember exactly what time it was whenever I met him. I was already doing some traveling, and uh, he was a friend of Pastor Greg's, and many of you know Pastor Greg is one of our apostolic elders. And... Um, I just like, just clicked with him right away, man. Just hearing him minister, I was like, I like this guy. And uh, he was traveling out. I, I can't remember where it was at that time. It must have been India, um, traveling out to the world and, and, and just, you know, empowering the church, you know, in the United States because we need to be empowered. Can you say amen? amen? And if you want to do the works of an evangelist, you need an evangelist to come in and to empower you to do the works of an evangelist. Amen. And uh, so we've, we've kind of kept in touch over the years, and, and uh, there was, uh, I don't know how many years back now I called, and it just wasn't the right time to have them come in, and, and, uh, and then Natasha and Victoria started hooking up and uh, uh, praying together and just becoming closer friends, and uh, and as we talked about timing, it just worked out for them to be able to come at this time, and man, i tell you what, you know, one of the things that, you've heard me say this before, but one of the things we try to do Uh, Our best is whenever we bring people in, we want to bring people that are just genuine, down to earth, who love the Lord, who are not in it for themselves, they're in it for the glory of God, and and we see that in this couple, and uh, we're excited about having him here this morning, and we are going to take up a special offering for him, not at this moment, I'm going to have Mark minister first. And uh, and as you know, especially if you're home folk, whenever we have guest ministers in, we may go over a little bit. But If you have to go, then by all means, it's okay. Uh, Usually we're done by like 1130, but sometimes we, with guest ministers, we might go to 12. Uh, We've gone before. It depends on what the Lord is doing. Amen. Amen. We want God to come and have his way. And I encourage you, if you do for some reason, if you have to go, please ask the Lord now. Say, How? How? Lord, would you want me to sow into this ministry, to be partakers of this ministry? And you can just put that gift, write the check out or cash, whatever, out to Spirit Life Church. You can put it in the box or you can go online to spirit-life.org, push the Give tab, and underneath there you'll see Guest Ministry, and you can click on that tab, and and all the proceeds that come in, uh, those offerings that you give to the Lord will go to them for that. But I just want to bring, I don't know if you guys both want to come up with just one or... uh, Just go to get, uh, bring Mark up, and let's give him a hand clap in Jesus' name as he's here.
1: Praise God. Hallelujah. God is good. How many of you love Jesus? I love Jesus. Amen. And so, uh, just want to thank you. Do you know you're all partners with us? Did you know as a church you partner with uh, our ministry, Global Impact Ministries International? So, we love you, and we thank you, and we love your pastors. We got to hang out with them, man. It was like we were on vacation. <laughs> no, not, I mean, you took us out on a boat. We went through hikes. We did. I mean, man, you're just like, come to Minnesota again, brother Mark. You know, it's nice here, at least in the summertime. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, you know what? Because you guys do so into our ministry, we want you to see a taste of what's going on. Um, I have two videos here. We're going to play the the first one is from Africa. This one is in South Sudan. It happened in March of 2020, right before everything locked down. And then, uh, then we had another meeting, which... Not The second video is not the other meeting, but then we were also in Pakistan in October of 2020. Um, Yeah, and then we were in Pakistan in April of 2021, and then we just came back from Pakistan, and we're leaving for Pakistan this Saturday. Um, But did you know, in the year 2020, you know, that wonderful year, you all just, everyone just was glad to see good, say goodbye to. Did you know it was our best year financially? It was our best year financially. And did you know we still saw 75,000 people come to Christ in 2020? Amen. Amen. 75,000. That's with not being allowed to go to these nations that were locked down. We, we went in March, right before the lockdown, and then we had a window of opportunity in Pakistan. We got in and dropped a, a spiritual bomb and then got out. Amen. And saw 75,000 people come to Christ because we have a conviction. Before, during, after COVID, the mandate doesn't change. Go ye... Into all the world and preach the gospel to every person. We have a conviction. Before, during, and after riots. The mandate is still the same. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. (laughs) We have a conviction. It hasn't changed. Before, during, And after political upheavals, however you want to, whatever you think how it was during the election season, whatever your opinion is, it really doesn't matter. The mandate is still the same. Amen. I was thinking there, you know. Well, Brother Mark, because we got a lot of flack of the video, not the video you're getting ready to see, because there was another, because the video I'm going to show you, the 30-second video, it highlights, you can see a glimpse of what happened on, on night number two, it was a five-night meeting. But there was another video that we posted that didn't show any miracles happening, just showed the crowd, and it, it just went viral, well, on our, our, on our terms, virals relative, I guess you could say, but, uh, uh, and people is just, some people came out of the wood How irresponsible gathering during COVID. Well, first of all, it happened before the lockdowns, but honestly, if I had, would have had the government permission, we would have done it during, you know why I believe in gathering to preach the gospel. Amen. See, some people say, Socially distance and be responsible to keep people safe. I believe the responsible thing is to save people from hell. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You see, even Christians, if you're not careful, we're very temporal minded. So some big tragic thing will happen, you know, you know, and or some maybe, you know, like some earthquake happens and we just feel so sorry for the people because they lost loved ones and all of this stuff. I, I don't see it like that. My first thought is, those people who died, did they go to heaven or hell? I love football. I love sports. I was very glad that my team beat Minnesota a couple of weeks ago. It would have been very embarrassing to come up here. But <laughs> I'm sorry. I have no room to speak because last week we got embarrassed. But anyway, my point is this. When I go to games, a lot of times... I'm just forever ruined in a good way. I've been to a few games, but a lot of times when I'm at the game, all I can see is the crowd and think, where are they going? Are they headed for heaven or are they headed for hell? Because heaven is real. Hell is real. And you and I are their only hope now. You say, well, that, no, Jesus is their hope. (laughs) Jesus only goes when you go. I remember, uh, I'm supposed to be showing you a video, but anyway, this is just flowing out. (laughs) I remember, I'll never forget listening to Dr. T.L. Osborne, who's now in heaven. He was talking to some people, and they were having this conversation. They were talking about what was going on in a particular city or country, and how it was just so bad, ravished, and the, the turmoil, and the, the depravity, the moral depravity, and the, the suffering, and all of this going on, and someone said, yeah, they just need Jesus, and T.L. Osborne kind of like, oh, excuse me, sir, I, I don't mean to upset you or anything, but that's not what they need, they need a Christian, think about it, they need a Christian. Jesus has already done it all. He's already done it. He has already come. He has already finished the work. Now he's empowered the church to go and dispense his presence. Yeah, that's good. Yes, they need Jesus ultimately. But the only way they're going to experience Jesus is through you. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. So, all right. Uh, so this happened in March. This is, this is awesome. Um, uh, so it's just, this one's just a 30-second clip
0: with a phone.
1: So that that was in uh, March of 2020 in South Sudan. About three or four days before that happened, they had just finished a civil war, seven-year war. Wow. Amen, <laughs> hallelujah. And we went in there. You saw that the, the 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 things they were holding up there. There was that one precious lady was holding up her walker. Not only was she. Uh, had a walker there was another guy in a photo i don't know if you see it clearly in that that video holding up a crutch both of those things belonged to that lady because in the civil war she was shot in the hip and it dislocated her hip and left her paralyzed on one side of her body and i don't exactly know how she got around but she used a walker and a crutch to get around and jesus healed her right there hallelujah it was awesome very, very, very. I mean, the miracles that happened, that was only night two. So that was a pretty good-sized crowd there, but the crowd greatly increased after that. Um, but let me just tell you one miracle testimony from that, that, that crusade that just totally rocked my world. I mean, a lot of miracles happened. A lot, including Jesus appearing to a man who was, had night vision and fell out of the power of God. He also had... Uh, You know, he could only walk like this. And he had no way home, though. He was like thinking, how am I going to get home, Lord? I I can't see. Because it's nighttime now. No one brought him. And Jesus appeared to him. He fell under the power of God and laid there for a while. When he got up, he was completely healed in his knees and in his eyes. Hallelujah. But anyway, (laughs) anyway, I mean, amazing miracles happen. And so... There was a lady who was born blind, and she was 32 years old, maybe 33 years old, lived 50 miles away from the location of this this miracle festival. And so some people, some friends of hers or acquaintances called her on the phone and started talking about the miracles they said listen these two there's another evangelist with me these two evangelists are here and they're preaching the gospel and their god is confirming their message with signs and wonders he's even opening the eyes of the blind you know he still does that today hallelujah (laughs) you need to get here well she didn't have any money and she didn't have a ride so she couldn't get there. But she said to herself, I can't get there. Now, now listen, this lady has never seen a soul in her life. She grew up blind. I mean, born blind. Never saw her parents. Her parents found a husband for her. They even had a child, a babe. She had a baby. But she's never seen any of these people. Only known them by the touch and the sound of their voices. She said, I can't get to that meeting, but I will go to the church that's in my village and the God of the evangelists will meet me there. And so she went to the, she went to the village church on Friday night, went home, looked like nothing happened. Saturday morning, she woke up completely healed. Hallelujah. That, my friend, is the result of somebody go- didn't happen just because she went to church. It happened. It began. The process began because someone decided to obey the Great Commission and go. I'm preaching my message. I even got to it yet. I don't know how we're going to do this. It'll, it'll work out. <laughs> to go into all the world. That's what happened. See, there's a ripple effect. Your obedience can have a, a, an amazing indirect result on somebody else's salvation. So this lady, her eyes opened up. Apparently she was well known. And the news of her miracles spread like wildfire through the whole northern part of that state. And all these people started turning to Christ. No one had attended the crusade. Hallelujah. That's what happens. That sounds like Book of Acts, doesn't it? Well, that's because the Holy Spirit is still alive and well right now. In the church, he just needs people to yield. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So that was in March. And then, in, um, uh, I'm telling you all this for multiple reasons. One reason is because you all partner with us. Um, so in, the, the fall, in October, we were able to get in. Now, man, they, they had planned for this crusade. But on the day of the crusade, because of COVID, the local, a local authorities tried to come. Well, they claimed it was from COVID. That's what their, that was their alibi. They tried to shut it down. I have a video of the team in a circle weeping and crying out fervently to God for him to intervene. And God intervened. Uh, uh, a guy high up... <laughs> And the nation came in, and they, they intervened, and we still did that crusade. Now, because there was rumors spread that uh, it was canceled, many people didn't come. But despite that, on that trip, I forget the exact number on that actual crusade, but on that trip, we had 20, about 25,000 people come to Christ on that trip, in that one night meeting, over 9,000 testimonies of healing. Hallelujah. Did you hear that? 9,000 testimonies of healing. Now, that's not, a, that's not an estimate based on the size of the crowd and asking people to raise their hands. Those are interviews on the bus ride home. They have workers on the buses, and we find out the, the incredible things that God did. Many people healed of blindness, on actually, in that, in that meeting. All right, then this past uh, April, another meeting again. Now, this time, it was a different lockdown in Pakistan. It was a national, federally, an army-enforced lockdown. So our, our contacts on the ground usually get the cooperation of the local police. <laughs> but this time, it was army-enforced. So what do you do? I mean, we're, we're talking them back and forth. Even while I'm boarding the plane, what are we gonna do, you know? Well, we go... And they said, brother, when I land, they said, brother, we found a place out in the middle of nowhere where there are we've, we've investigated. There's no army out there. And so they bust all these people from far and wide to this very remote area. And on that trip, we, how many did we have on that trip saved? I don't know. But anyway, it was amazing. In that meeting, we had 11,000 decisions and over 6,000 people healed by the power of God one-night meeting hallelujah but now we just come to july 3rd and if you want to play that this this is a longer video and uh Hallelujah. Praise God. On this trip, on this trip, we had over 95,000 people come to Christ. On that one night meeting, we had 38,664 testimonies of healing. One night. 38,664. Actually, that was before other testimonies started coming in. This is from the bus ride home. We had 94 people in this meeting who could not walk without assistance walk, it, from you know different degrees, you know whether it be a, just a limp. Uh, one lady had a a, broke, a a broken leg in three spots. The Lord healed her. Another person had um, a, a spinal condition had not stood in two years. They're now doing everything normal, you know, is normal doing their daily activities. A lady had a leg that grew out. Just incredible things. Over 3,090—it was like 3,094 people—testified that they had tumors that disappeared in their body one night. Hallelujah! Isn't that awesome? That's the power of the gospel. Amen. It's real, my friend. We ought to—you know—you should just hear that. Yeah, that's—that's that's right. That's right. That's good. You know, when God brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, not one was feeble among his tribes. Not one. After hundreds of years of oppression, they were all healed by the power of God in in a moment. That's the gospel. Hallelujah. We had a lady who was sent home from the hospital to die from a, a stomach condition she hadn't eaten except for a few grapes in 11 days 10 11 days and so she hadn't she couldn't move she was so weak dying doctors gave up on her and so her family their, their house was in the vicinity of that crusade and her family carried her to the top of the uh, the terrace and, and there and. India and Pakistan and places like that, they have these terraces you just, you know, you hang out on top of your house. And for the middle class, that is. And, you know, they, they carried her up and she's up there, can't move, listening to the meeting. And when we prayed the prayer of faith, she said, this was her testimony, someone touched me. And she got up healed by the power of God. Hallelujah. This is real stuff here. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah! Over 500 people testified of being set free from evil spirits. All kind—I mean, you know—it's just we could go on and on. In another meeting, there was 1,100 people. The same trip, 1,100 people there. 60 different women approached the follow-up team and said they had tumors in their breasts, and they were—they all disappeared. 60. 12 different women in a two night span in these small meetings in Faisalabad said that they had a flow of blood that disappeared. They're, gone. They're healed now. 27 diabetics healed by the power of God. Amen. I mean, we could just, this is the gospel. This is normal. I got to get it inside of you. This is normal Christianity. This is not the exception. This is the gospel. Before I go any further, I'm going to invite the love of my <laughs> life to come on up here and greet you. This is my beautiful wife, Victoria, who goes everywhere, willing to go everywhere with me. I haven't got her to South Sudan yet. Not yet. <laughs> but uh, she slept on dirt floors and villages of India, all kinds of things. And uh, she loves people. Amen. And you even love me, too. I do. (laughs) If you can love me, you can love
2: anybody. Hallelujah. Are you happy today? God is so good. Um, I have a word stirring in my heart, surrender. Surrender. It's a simple word, but it's a big word. You might look at these videos and think, wow, that's amazing and wonder how we got to this point because it's awesome stuff this last crusade that we did that you just saw the video i remember getting in the van afterwards and just sitting there kind of in a daze and mark got in the van and i said did that just all just happen it seems unreal but it's real it's real life and it's our life how did that happen and so i have to think back to when i was a child You know, Mark and I, neither of us were raised in a Christian home. We both come from broken homes. We don't have this great heritage of preachers that we come from. But one of my earliest memories is, uh, you know, my mom locking my dad out of the house because he was so drunk. That's the kind of home that I was born into. And there was no mention of Jesus or God or let's say grace over the food. There was no mention of God. But I distinctly remember as a four-year-old child laying on my stomach in the living room. I can still see the, the brown shag carpet and the plaid couch to my side. And I looked over on the bookshelf, and there was a book I had never noticed before, a picture Bible. I didn't know that's what it was. I pulled it out, and I opened it up, and I don't even remember what I looked at. But in that moment... And it's even hard to put into words, because as a four-year-old, I perceived it in one way. Now I'm grown up, and I I can add to the wording of it. But someone was calling out to me. I can't even explain it, but I'm laying there, and I've sensed someone was calling out to me. And in that moment, I said, yes, yes to whatever that was. It was God. It was Jesus calling out to me. And so then from that point on over the years, our lives have been yes, 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 yes. And then you look back and you see where you've come from and where you are now, and where he is taking you, it all happens by the yes, by the surrender. Do you realize that there are people who are on their way to hell this very moment? They are on a straight course for hell, but because you surrender and you say yes, In a moment of time, they're going to be completely turned around the other way on their way to heaven. So I encourage you, surrender. Pastor just said, everyone lift up your hands. That's how we connect. That's how we surrender. What do you do when you surrender? I surrender. I surrender. I encourage you, give him every part of your heart.
1: Hallelujah. So hallelujah. <clears throat> Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's very simple, but profound. Amen. Praise God. You know, a lot of times you can see something like that, and people sometimes in their minds they romanticize it, right? But they don't see all the details behind the scenes. They don't see living in India. And my wife daily waking up. Lord, you know I don't really like it here. But I put my flesh under. I deny myself. Hello? Amen. See, I know there's this Christianity philosophy that says, well... If God's called you, you're just going to love everything about it. No, that's not necessarily the case. Do you think Jesus liked the cross? No. But on the other side of the cross, there's glory. On the other side of obedience, there's glory. What do you mean, glory? His presence, His honor, His blessing. And it's worth it all, it's eternal. Amen? We should ask ourselves this question, what am I doing today? And if what, what I'm doing today, will it stand the test of time a 100 years from now? I'm talking to the believers right now. Hmm? My life right now, will it really mean anything a 100 years from now? Now, some people can hear that and say, well, Mark, I'm not called to be a preacher like you. I didn't say that. But you can attach everything you are to eternity. See, why are you in business? Just to make money? Well, then it won't last the test of time. Hmm? But if you're in business to make money to fund the gospel and in business to win people to Christ who you're working with, then it will last for eternity. Because not everyone if everyone became a preacher, then who's going to fund the preachers? You see, everyone has a call, though. And here the problem is, is so much of the church, they think, well, I'm not called to ministry, so I can just do whatever I want, whenever I want, and I'm going to live for me and my family and no one else. And then your life means nothing. You are valuable, personally valuable. You know what I mean? you, know what I mean? you have intrinsic value in and of yourself. But I'm talking about your value as what you're doing in life. Does it last for eternity? Will it stand the test of time? And every single one of you can make certain adjustments and say, from this day forward, I'm going to attach my life to eternity. We just saw... We were at a conference, and it was a, was he 68 years old? He'd retired. Well, he had retired at age 68, but he got under the conviction of the Holy Spirit because he thought, well, I'm, I'm done with my life. I'm retired. And I'm just going to sit back and, you know, enjoy life now, which I don't understand that concept. I mean, you know, when we go on vacation, I can only sit around for so long, right? uh I enjoy the first few days of it, you know, but after day 10, it's like, we need to do something, you know, we need to, we need to get, you know, but anyway, this man, he he got under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and he had started like four or five businesses at age, yeah, he's like 70 years old, he's 74, and how much is he worth? I mean, like, these businesses are making big, big dollars, all because he decided to submit himself to the Holy Spirit, get around guys who are who are funding the gospel. And now he's making millions and funding the gospel. And funding the gospel. There's the thing and funding the gospel. Are you here? Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. So are, your decisions matter whether you're called to ministry or not. Your decisions matter. Now, what Jesus says here in Mark 16, in just a few moments, I'm just going to touch on this. And uh, I, want, I want you to think about this. Mark 16, it's something we're all very familiar with. Mark 16, if you want to go there, you can, you can go there and look at it. Check it out. Mark 16, Father, I thank you for these beautiful people And I pray that you take what's being communicated right now and you seal it in their hearts. And I thank you, Lord, that we become people of action, people who really live before we die. In Jesus' name, amen. Mark 16, it's a very familiar passage of Scripture, but I want you to see something in this. I want you to notice the word... Believe every time it's mentioned. Okay, Mark sixteen fifteen, and he said to them, "Go." Everyone say, "Go, go, go into all the world and preach the gospel." Uh, I I've got to say this real quick. I have a friend, another evangelist friend, who primarily focuses on the United States. He's already seen this summer, this year, I think he's over about 8,000 people coming to Christ now in America, mobilizing church members on the streets. He was in communication with a, a large church in St. Louis. They had multiple campuses, one of those kind of churches. Talking to the pastor, and through the conversation, he found out with the pastor that that church feeds 5,000 people every week. Praise God, isn't that great? 5,000 people fed a week, but zero people saved. Did you hear that? 5,000 people fed a week, but zero people saved a week. So in other words, it was like a local Peace Corps operation by a Christian company. Right? We have another friend. I'm coming back to St. Louis here in a second. We have another friend who's a missionary in Nagaland, India. And he said this. My wife heard it many, many years ago. We'll never forget it. He says, give a a person who's shivering on the side of the road. Now, we minister to the homeless. you, You didn't know that. Once a week, we're on downtown, downtown on the streets of Tulsa, ministering to the homeless, feeding them. All right. So understand where the context, where we're coming from. All right. But you can give a homeless person who's shivering in the cold a blanket, and they'll say thank you to your face. But if you don't give them the gospel, they will curse you as they descend down into hell. That's what he said, and it's absolutely the truth. It's about the gospel. So my friend was talking to this pastor of this mega church in St. Louis. He says, you feed 5,000 people every week, but you're not getting anybody saved? You need my help. So he goes over there, and he trains them in soul winning. And he told me, he says, we had a certain goal that we announced publicly, but I had a different goal that was much bigger privately, but I didn't want to overwhelm them common people from all his satellite churches every day on the streets of St. Louis preaching the gospel. And they started seeing people saved. And I forget how many. I mean, it was a lot of people. A couple thousand, three thousand 3,000 people saved in like a week's time. Amen. But here's the thing, though. That evangelist left, and now he told me, they get 50 saved this week, 90 saved this week, 40 saved on this week. See, now... They're actually operating the way Jesus intended. doesn't mean they discontinued feeding the poor. We ought to feed the poor. We ought to do those kind of things. Amen? Amen. But if you don't, if you do everything else but the Great Commission, you're in disobedience. It's like I was in another meeting uh, <clears throat> in Pittsburgh. The, there's the, 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 the minister was up there and People were talking to him from the crowd, and this lady said, "Yes, we're going on a missions trip. We leave this such and such a day." He says, "Oh, great! What are you doing?" We're building homes for people who lost their homes. That, was that what it was? And, and and bringing and what? And bringing water to them. Oh, that's great. Are you going to preach the gospel? Uh, I don't know. Then it's not a missions trip. Don't call it a missions trip. Biblical missions trip. Should we take care of people's needs? Absolutely. But in the Great Commission, did Jesus ever say, go into all the world and build somebody a house? Did he say, go into all the world and give them water? No, he didn't. He said, give water and food to your enemies. Sure. But the point is, the foundation of everything we do in action as a Christian is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense to you? You see, if that's hard for you to wrap your mind around, it's because you have zero concept of eternity. Zero concept of the justice of God. Zero concept of the grace of God that was offered to us by the shed blood of the Son of God who left heaven to come to this earth and die a sinner's death to rescue us from our depravity. Why are you yelling someone? I'm a preacher. <laughs> Amen. Are you here? Yeah. We ought to be preaching the gospel. And let me just say this we don't preach the gospel like it's been there, done that. They ought to hear heaven in our voice. They ought to hear the cry of the spirit in our voice. They ought to be moved by the words that come out of our mouth. They ought to see something. And we ought to be willing to tell them the truth. I still didn't get to what I'm trying to do. We 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 ought let me and it's it's not all fun and games. What do I mean mean by that? It's not all happy endings either. Just to be honest with you. I'll never forget. I was on a train in India. Uh, If you've been to India. Have you been to India? If you've been to India. Well, my brother-in-law calls these trains the trains from hell. (laughs) But anyway, it's, you know, 100 degrees, 110 degrees outside. So they want to escape the heat. So what do they do? They crank up the A.C., in the train except no control so it's either you freeze to death or you stay in the heat one or the other so i had learned after going to india after a while always have a jacket with me even though it's 110 degrees outside the train you might suffer in the train so anyway i i had to use the bathroom that's another what should i tell them so the bathrooms are outside the units where the acs are and so you can see the ground as you do your business, you know. And my first year in India, the dean of the Bible school that we were serving at took me on a motorcycle ride because I need to get some printing done downtown in Bangalore. And he rode under one of those trains as it was going over the bridge. Oh my God. And it felt like it was raining. I said, but it wasn't raining. <laughs> and here he is laughing the whole time. So, you know... <laughs> I, I, You'll never be the same again if you go live in India for a couple years. I promise you, you'll never be the same again. But anyway, I'm in India, and it's so cold. So I decided to just hang out, you know, between the, the train compartments, cars, you know, outside, trying to get warm a little bit. And all of a sudden, this young man walks up to me. Just walk, total stranger. He walks up to me, and he says, what is it? What do you mean, what is it? What is it, sir? What do you mean? He says, I've been watching you. I've been staring at you. You're glowing. What is it? I said, it's Jesus. And I preached the gospel to him. Now listen. You saw how we're getting a lot of people saved. But it's not always that way. I said, you need to accept Jesus Christ. Will you do that with me right now? He said, no, I can't. I said, why? Because... I don't want to go into details, but my work. I said, you won't receive Jesus because of your work? No, I won't. I said, then I'm sorry to tell you this, but I have to say this to you. And I took my hand. I can't go beyond the the blue. (laughs) Pretend like this guy's right here. And I put my hand over his head like this. And I said, according to the word of God, the wrath of God is abiding on you right now. That's what it says. Have you ever read that? John 1, 2, and 3. Right around there. He who believes in him has life. But he who doesn't believe is condemned already. And the wrath of God abides upon him. Actually, the wrath of God abides upon every man who has not come under the shelter of Jesus Christ. And that's our just due. We deserve that. But he loves us so much. He gave us the opportunity to escape what we deserve. Amen. Through his son, Jesus. So, anyway, we have to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Sometimes it's exciting, depending on their response, sometimes it's not. But be of good cheer. Things are happening. And even those who seem the most resistant, sometimes they'll become the greatest powerhouses for God. Amen. Amen. Another story. How do you like stories? Do you like stories? So there was an outreach here in this particular city. a a mass effort, and they were using the the soul winner script, which we actually have on our website, homepage, you can go to globalimpactministries.com, scroll down to the bottom, boom, print it, put it in your Bible, get to know it, amen, they used that, and uh, so they approached, this individual approached a businessman walking down the street, some inner city, or you know, downtown, Excuse me, sir. Do you know that God loves you? He has a wonderful plan for your life. And let me ask you a question Do you know if you were to die tonight where you would spend eternity? The guy got angry, cussed him out. The individual walked away. But the next day, somebody else, not knowing what had happened, approached that same man. Excuse me, sir. If you were to die tonight, do you know beyond any shadow of a doubt where you would spend eternity? And he turned white as a ghost. And he began to shake. And he said, no, I don't. Someone asked me that question yesterday. I cussed him out and I haven't slept all night. Can you please tell me? He got born again. I am telling you. So you can't be moved by the positive. You know what God said to Jeremiah? Don't look at their faces. In other words, don't pay attention. If they're getting angry at you, just speak my word. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just speak my word. And God, the Holy Spirit, will do the rest. Can you say amen? That's our job. Okay, I'm going to try to get to my subject here. (laughs) Just for a few minutes. I want to encourage you tonight. I'm going to probably just revisit this scripture tonight. I want to encourage you to bring people tonight, bring the sick, call someone, tell them, turn off the Vikings game if they're playing, and, and get to this meeting tonight. God has something for you. But before we dismiss, I, I just want to say, I, I want you to see this point here, and we're going to revisit it possibly tonight. Mark sixteen fifteen. go, everyone say go. Into all the, all the world, say it. World. And do what? Preach the, Preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes, everyone say, He who believes, he believes. and is baptized, is baptized shall be saved. Shall be saved. He, who he who does not believe shall be condemned. Okay, you don't have to say it all anymore. But notice the word believe. He who believes, believes what? Huh? The gospel. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every person. He who believes, believes what? The gospel shall be saved. He who does not believe, believe what? The gospel shall be condemned. And these signs shall follow or accompany those who believe. Believe Believe what? The The gospel. That's the subject matter. You go and you preach the gospel. He who believes it and is baptized will be saved. He who doesn't believe it shall be condemned. And the signs will follow those who believe. Believe what? The gospel. In my name. Oh, hallelujah. Now, in the name of Jesus is not a phrase that you tag at the end of a prayer so you can look like you're a Christian, to make it a Christian prayer. No, in the name of Jesus signifies power of attorney. It signifies representation. It signifies when I lay hands on you in Jesus' name, he himself is laying hands on you through these hands with His authority, with His backing. We minister in the name of Jesus. And because we minister in the name of Jesus, these miraculous things happen. If Jesus was dead, His name would have no power. But because He has risen from the dead, He continues to do what He always did when He walked this earth. And what are these signs? Listen. I know this seems elementary to you, but you need to see something here. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will what? Cast out demons. demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm them. And they will lay hands on, on the sick and they shall recover. Then I like to throw in there Luke 10:19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Why? Why do these signs actually follow an individual? It's because they're rooted and they're grounded. They are established in the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is that gospel? It's not just the Christian religion. It's not just Jesus died on the cross. I've had interactions with at least two, three individuals. Individuals. One, I, the two that stand out in my mind. One was a Protestant, a businessman, flying from Mumbai to London. Another one was the pool boy, a Catholic who went to Mass weekly. The Protestant went to church for years at the Protestant Church in London. This Catholic pool boy went to Mass weekly with his mama in Cancun. And his brother was studying to be a priest. Both of them, I asked them this question. Do you know why Jesus died? Both of them, without hesitation, said no. Can you imagine? You ever been to a Catholic church? Have you ever been to a Catholic church where there's not a crucifix on the wall? Can you imagine? You're staring at a crucifix every single week and you don't know why he died. Do you, can you imagine going to a Protestant church for years, and you don't know why Jesus died? You know why? Because we've disobeyed the Great Commission. But my point here is, you, if you're going to see these signs, these wonders in your life, it would be very helpful to you. Now, I understand God's in His mercy. Miracles happen here and there and stuff. I'm talking about a life of miracles where you see these crazy numbers, 38,000. Uh, that is if you're an evangelist. 38,000 people come, uh, being healed in a single night. If you're not an evangelist, you won't see that. But in your neighborhood, in your influence, in your world, you're fearless. That was that, the lyrics of that song. God of revival, why should I be afraid of what you have already defeated? To understand the gospel, you have to go back to the cross. Actually, any Bible doctrine that you would try to hold on to, if it doesn't line up to the cross, if it doesn't fit into that, then you might need to let it go. Because everything God does now is surrounding that cross. And every ill of humanity is fixed at the cross. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, He became the substitute, the Lamb of God, who took away the sin of the world. And when He took away the sin of the world, He took everything that is associated with that sin. All of our curse He absorbed Diabetes died with Jesus on the cross. Why are you yelling, Brother Mark? Because I'm passionate about it. I'm a preacher. It would be good for... You know, I had a friend who was getting involved in one church planting movement here in America. And they told him, and I know this guy. He doesn't even preach. He's a more of a teacher. He's, You're a little too preachy there. You need to give more like a talk. He left them at that moment. That was too much. It would be good for them to go through the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, and note every time where it says Jesus or the apostles lifted their voices, shouted, cried out. There's a lack of that in America today. And God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save those who believe. Foolish, Yeah, it's foolish. I know. I look like a fool up here. I understand that. But God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save those who believe. When Jesus went to the cross, listen, everything that has afflicted you came on Him. God laid on Him the iniquity of us all. And that word iniquity includes your sin, that negative consequences of your sin, and the eternal punishment for your sin. It was all laid on Jesus in that moment of time to such a degree. All of humanity, past, present, future, came on him. The sin of humanity to such a degree that the Bible says in the end of Isaiah 52 that his face was so marred, so disfigured, he didn't even look human. You understand? There were other people being scourged in his day. Other people being crucified in his day. It was common for people to walk by people who had been crucified on the side of the road. But what was different with Jesus? He wasn't just being crucified. He bore. God the Father laid on him. All of our guilt, all of it, all of our shame, all of our sin, our diseases, our sicknesses, any virus you want to name, any disability, poverty, the curse, all of it, mental anxiety, torment, fear. Depression, all of it came on him in that moment of time and he died with it and his soul went to hell with it. And when he went to hell with it, he put it away and then rose up victorious, having defeated Satan, your very enemy. That's why you have authority over demons. It's not because you're oomph them, right? No, it's because who's behind you, who defeated him and stripped him. Made him just, just. He's a whipped pup now. Are you here? Hallelujah! This is the gospel. That song says, "He's you know whatever." I don't know. God of revival, He's on the throne now. But you know, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter one and two that we've been raised up with Him. That is to the degree, the gospel. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus over all of these issues. And therefore, we can walk into any scenario. Oh, yeah, all hell can be breaking out. Yeah, it can be tough. There can be tests and trials and all this. But you're fearless. Because you know you have the victory. Amen. You are of God, little children and have, past tense, overcome them because greater is he who's in you than he who's in the